Imagine you're standing outside Jerusalem before Passover, somewhere around A.D. 29. There's a Roman crucifixion going on, and you can't take your eyes off of one of the victims. You watch as they nail him to the cross and then hoist it with ropes and drop it and with a thud into the hole that was prepared for it. You watch for hours the torture, the brutality. At some point you say to a bystander, what did he do to deserve this? And that guy says, man, no one deserves this. Yeah, but he must have done something. He says, I don't know, I guess he got in Rome's way. Or caused the priest to lose some money or ticked off the Pharisees or something. But like I said, man, nobody deserves this. What did he do to deserve this? That's the question that Dan Hefner posed and asked me to answer for this early celebration service. But how we take the question will determine how we answer it. For example, when we ask, what did he do? Who are we talking about? Jesus? Somebody else. And the words deserve this also require clarification. What this do we have in mind? Are we talking about Friday? About this? Torture, rejection, and death? Or are we talking about Sunday? About this? Resurrection and vindication and exaltation. We'll get very different answers depending on what we mean by this. Now, if it sounds like I'm parsing words to avoid giving an answer, if I'm sounding like a politician right now, let me be as clear as I can be. When we ask, what did he do to deserve this? And by this, we mean rejection, torture, and death. The answer is, he didn't do anything to deserve this. We did. He didn't die because he deserved it. He died because we needed it. He suffered this, ironically enough, because he was the one person who didn't deserve it. Another way of putting it is, he deserved, because he deserved to live, he was able to die for people who deserve to die so that they would be able to live. This rejection, torture, death, it wasn't his doing. It was ours. It was our father Adam's who rebelled against God. It was Adam's children's who failed to live as God's faithful regents over creation. It was the nation Israel who, instead of being a light to the nations and a blessing to all the peoples of the earth, turned inward, left the path of obedience, and failed in their calling. I say he did nothing to deserve this. Of course, there were others who insisted he did. The Pharisees said that he deserved this death because he, a mere man, made himself equal with God. We have a law. And according to that law, he must die because he claimed to be the son of God. The Sadducees said he deserved to die because he was a dangerous firebrand, a revolutionary. But the judge in Jesus' case said they were both wrong. He said repeatedly, I have found no basis for your charges against him. Neither is Herod, for he sent him back to us. As you can see, he's done nothing to deserve death. He did nothing to deserve this, if by this we mean rejection, torture, and death. 
But what happens if we ask that question from a different angle? What did he do to deserve this, the role of our Savior? What did he do to deserve this, the place that Israel was supposed to fill and did not? What did he do to deserve this, the role of the second Adam, the head and representative of God's true people? What did he do? He obeyed where Adam disobeyed. He was faithful where Israel was faithless. He was sinless where we're all sinners. He, and only he, deserved this, the high calling of Savior of the world. We've been trying to answer that question, what did he do to deserve this? And for the most part, we've been thinking of Friday, of rejection, torture, death. But there's another way to take this, We can take it as resurrection, vindication, exaltation. For Friday was not the end of the story. Jesus has been vindicated. He's been raised from the dead. He's been made the first fruits of the resurrection, exalted to the highest place and given the name above all names. He's been granted all authority in heaven and on earth. The lordship of the world is his. In the judgment of people, Jesus was wrongheaded and difficult. And not only did they say he was wrong-headed, they say he was a wrongdoer and a criminal. They charged him with blasphemy against God, treason against the state, and fraud against people. They tried him and declared him guilty and sentenced him to death for his sins. That was Friday. But three days later, God overturned their verdict. He threw it out. He vindicated Jesus, what he did and what he said. Jesus' accusers claimed that He had blasphemed by calling himself God's son. God said, your verdict was wrong. His claim to be my son was true. His accusers charged him with treason against the state. But God said, your verdict was wrong. How can he be in rebellion against the state when I have made him Lord of all the nations? You accused him of perpetrating fraud against the people of God. And passed judgment on him. But God said, your judgment was wrong. What Jesus told people about my kingdom, about my character, and about my forgiveness was all true. God vindicated him by raising him from the dead. The resurrection proves that Jesus did not deserve death, but is rather, in St. Peter's words, the Lord of life. He didn't deserve Friday. He deserved Sunday. And the one God raised, God also exalted How ironic it is. Jesus, who was condemned by his erstwhile judges, has been raised and appointed to be judge of the living and of the dead. That's St. Peter again. God vindicated him. Those who judged Jesus will be judged by Jesus. The tables will be turned. What will they think then? There's a story from a couple years ago. There was a public prosecutor, a guy named Marty Stroud, who back in 1984 was the lead prosecutor in the first-degree murder trial of a guy named Glenn Ford, who was sentenced to death for killing a jeweler. So that was 1984. In 2014, Mr. Ford was released from prison after the state admitted new evidence that proved he was not a killer. 
2015, so that was 2014, in 2015, Prosecutor Stroud wrote an apology, and it was published in the Shreveport Times. He said, in 1984, I was, so this is the prosecutor speaking, I was 33 years old. I was arrogant, judgmental, narcissistic, and very full of myself. I wasn't as interested in justice as I was in winning. Mr. Ford spent 30 years of his life in a small, dingy cell. Lighting was poor. Heating and cooling were almost non-existent. Food bordered on the uneatable. After the death verdict was handed down, I went out with others and celebrated with a few rounds of drinks. That's sick. I had been entrusted with a duty to seek the death of a fellow human being. Very solemn task that certainly did not warrant any celebration. In my rebuttal argument during the penalty phase of the trial, and Mr. Ford, by the way, was sentenced to death. He was on death row for all that time. During the penalty phase of the trial, I mocked Mr. Ford, stating that this man wanted to stay alive so he could be given the opportunity to prove his innocence. How totally wrong I was. I apologize to Glenn Ford for all the misery I've caused him and his family. I apologize to the victim's family for giving them the false hope of some closure. I apologize to the members of the jury for not having all of the story that should have been disclosed to them. I apologize to the court and not having been more diligent in my duty. That man realized the immensity of the wrong that he had done in his judgment of Mr. Ford. Someday, the men who judge Jesus will stand before Judge Jesus and will realize the immensity of the wrongful judgment they made against him. You imagine? And yet many of us have judged Jesus, judged that we needn't give him a thought, judged that we didn't want him interfering with our lives, that we didn't want this man, as the Bible says, to rule over us. Jesus was not only vindicated and raised, he was exalted to the highest place. He not only returned to life, he returned to heaven as the exalted Lord and Christ. He was, as Ephesians tells us, seated at God's right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every title that can be given not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church. He is Lord over all. What did he do to deserve this? The name above all names, he became flesh and dwelt among us. He was made like his brothers in every way in order that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in service to God and that he might make atonement for the sins of his people. That's what he did. What did he do to deserve this honor? He emptied himself, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even death on a cross. That's what he did. So let's go back to that original question. What did he do to deserve this? To deserve Friday? And the answer is nothing. Not a thing. He didn't deserve this, this torture, shame, and death. What did he do to deserve this? To deserve Sunday? The answer is Everything, everything he is and everything he has done proves he deserves this resurrection, vindication, exaltation. 
me ask one more question. Let's turn the question around. Instead of asking, what did he do to deserve this? Let's ask, what did I do to deserve him? And once again, the answer is nothing, not a thing. He didn't do this because I deserved it, but because I needed him. I did not and do not deserve him. And I'll make bold to say that none of you deserve him either. It's not because of what we've done, but because of who he is, the Father's Son, the exalted one, the humble King, the Savior, Jesus Christ, our Lord. We bow before you, Lord, and say that you are worthy of glory and honor and might and dominion. You have been given the name above every name, and you deserve it. We don't deserve to be your people. But by your grace we are, and we stand as your people, the people of Jesus, the children of the resurrection. And we do so in your name, Jesus, Lord of heaven and earth. Amen.